You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Late Night Live uh, with Radio Ramadan 365. Um, I'm your host, um, Dr. Nadeem Bharti, and I'm joined by Abdul Aziz. I've been great. I've been great, alhamdulillah. Um, actually enjoying the roses so much. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I, I, feel, I feel the timing is just perfect also. Good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you, we've got a fantastic program today. So I'm just going to let you know uh, what we've got. We're talking about creativity in the classroom. And we've got three fantastic guests on today. So we've got uh, we've got Claire Harker, who I think is still here. She's the uh, head teacher of St. Albert's Primary School which is a school in Pollock Shields, does some amazing work, has a background in theatre as well as education. We've also got Amira Al-Ghali, I think, I hope I've said that right, who is a Montessori teacher, and she's spoken at some international conferences, looking forward to speaking to her. And we've got a good friend of mine, Deborah Curtis, who is is, is pioneering a, an amazing project called The Great Imagining. And it's all about creativity and bringing creativity into the classroom for a good two-week period. But we will speak to them later. Abdulaziz, tell me, what have you been what have you been looking at today in the news? Yeah, well, I'm going to steal a bit of your thunder and put you on the spot. <laughs> go on, go on, tell me. Well, well I, sh- I shouldn't be laughing, but oh, genuinely, it's a deadly serious subject. And the only news in town is really COVID-19, really, isn't there? Yep, yep, sadly, truth yes. Be told, truth be told, Nadim, and sadly. it's so, so, so serious in India just yep. now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like panic. It's, it's not even uh, mediocre. It's, it's really right up there at emergency levels and it doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to be wilting anytime soon uh, and I, I just I just hope that the countries developed countries can actually help them in some way with this oxygen carry on but yeah it's, 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 it's a hard watch on the news I can tell you that uh, you're absolutely right I've seen that and I think there was uh, I had a figure of 300,000 new cases in India per day 300,000. And considering that we have something like 2,000 cases a day, uh, it's it's hard to kind of get your head around those figures. But, I mean, I know that aid started to come through. Um, Britain sent aid through. Um, really, it's coming from all over the world. Even Pakistan, who've, you know, who've had their troubles with India, you know, they're sending aid through now. So I think, you know, on one side, it's a great time for humanity and that people are actually, you know, coming together for... For, for a good reason, but it, it is it is heartbreaking. There's no doubt about it. Um, when you see the news footage, I mean, it's it's terrible. It is. And, and it's like you're saying, we, were, we spoke before, you know, uh, coming on with news stories, you know, but uh, re- really nothing really matters in news now because really when, when you get life-threatening um, uh, issues that you have no way of avoiding, well, you try, but oh, unfortunately, a face comes your way with that, then you're, you're buggered. And uh, I know I, I, I came a period where I was sick of COVID-19 listening to it. 
But un- unfortunately, nothing really matters just now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, what a big part of it is that it's a lesson to everybody around the world that we can't be complacent about this. Uh, because really, I guess that's partly what happened in India and they're, they're paying the price for that. So I think it's a lesson to countries all over the world. Um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and, you know, I mean, and what affects India affects everybody in the world because they were actually a, a, one of the largest producers of the vaccine. And sadly now, um, you know, that may, you know, they may need as much of that as they can. So uh, what can and I there, say? And, yeah, and like so even in Pakistan, I mean, I was, I was astounded when they had rallies, political rallies, with thousands of people attending, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, clustered together like like ants, and I thought, yep. my God, anything's come their way. Well, don't you know that they were asking for it basically, just blatantly avoiding and ignoring all the the the, the rules set in stone regarding COVID. Yep. So, yeah, beggars belief that they have these attendances at these mass rallies, political rallies. So. I hope I hope they'll now think twice about anything like that. I hope so. I hope so. On the other hand, you know, um, I was looking at another news story today. Boris Johnson apparently spent two hundred thousand pounds on um, refurbishing his uh, number ten flat, and I was saying, look, I know an Irish, a Polish guy down the road who'll do it for two grand. Um, you know, I'm available. I'm ready. You know, if you want me, you know, I'll I'll come down, sort it out. You know, I'm I'm good with that. You know, that kind of thing. I know, and, and you know what? I mean, you buy a beautiful house for two hundred grand, and it makes you wonder what? Where are they going? They're definitely not going to IKEA, and they're not going to the bars, right? No, no. And, and, and they must go out to tender, right? And then when when these companies get alert to say, come down to ten down the street. We want this wallpaper. They must start rubbing their hands, thinking, oh, my God, these multi-millionaires haven't got a clue, you know? And did they not spend nearly a million pounds on that conference room or something, that press room? Well, I don't know, but I've got a mate called Terry. He's Irish, and he'll sort it out for uh, a couple of grand. No problem at all. So let me know. Honestly, if you've got any contacts... I'll sort them out. And then while I'm at it, I'll sort out the defence budget. I know a couple of good guys down uh, Maxwell Road who well, sort well, uh, that out, you know. A lot well, cheaper than than what they're paying for at the moment. Well, listen, I hope you're in trouble already. You've just started because <laughs> you're stereotyped. You're this is my first day back. The first day back. Anyway, as you can see, you know, um, you know, I've not been to the barbers for a while. I've been, uh, you know, uh, but... Um, it looks good on you. It's hanging down. Thank nice you. Thank you. Thank you. It saves yeah. on heating bills, definitely. Uh, well, definitely. So all, all you need is to go out in the, the wilderness now and you you, you, look, you look the part, you know. Definitely. Up. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, anyway, shall we shall we get on with the rest of the show? <laughs> I'm looking forward to an education. Well, I am very much looking forward to it because this is all about creativity in the classroom. Uh, so... Maybe I'll ask some of the some of our guests to just uh, introduce themselves, if that's okay. And I'll maybe start with uh, somebody that I know really well, 
familiar familiar guest on Radio Ramadan, uh, Claire Harker. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. You're a wee bit faded. Right. Okay. I had to. Change. Oh, that's better. That's much better. Right. Okay. I had to change from my laptop to my phone because I was a bit worried that the microphone wasn't working on my laptop. How are you, Nadim? I am fantastic. Thank you. Um, looking forward to being on Late Night Live. This is the first time I've been on for a while, and uh, okay. my, you know, so Abdulaziz has been looking after it for me. So mm-hmm. no, I'm good, thank you. And how are you? Good, I'm fine. I should introduce that I am the head teacher of that wonderful school, St Albert's Primary, and I had a really good experience tonight. I went down to, for iftar to the um, bowling green down in um, Pollock Shields, but sent around. Add text to parents and families to see if they wanted to join us. And actually, we did have a family come down um, and we shared some food and it was lovely. So hopefully that's the start of more new experiences for me and another new connection, Pollock Shields. Fantastic, fantastic. And just in case any of the uh, listeners don't know, Claire's the head teacher at St Albert's, which is a Catholic school. But mm-hmm. I think a good 90% of your uh, sort of pupils are actually from Muslim background. So yeah. uh, so that's so there's a and there's a whole load of sort of people from all sorts of ethnicities there. So you're kind of no strangers from to a kind of different cultural kind of mix there. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's what makes the school really good and interesting because I've had to learn about about different cultures, particularly Islam. And that's been a real gift in, in my life. And I think what it does is it changes the lenses that you look at everything with, you know. So um, I know I'm really passionate about, you know, different types of equity that I'd never really considered before. And, you know, passionate that our children are represented on TV and in films and in books. And um, and I would have I would have believed that before, but I would never have acted it, you know, and I, would, I wouldn't have had the depth of understanding, the depth of knowledge that I've got. But I mean, it's down to guys like you and your lovely family and the parents that have just been so supportive of me and, and, and helping me out to understand things without me feeling awkward or without worrying about making mistakes or pronouncing things wrong or, you know what I mean, getting it wrong. I've got it wrong loads. And it's just the gentleness um, of the community that's sort of led me through, you know, a, a bit more understanding. So, yeah, it's a gift to work there. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, um. I'll introduce the rest of the guests. Uh, Amira Al-Ghali, if you're there, um, if you just want to tell the listeners just who you are and, and what it is you do. Yeah, hi, Nadim. It's Amira Al-Agal. Oops. Um, and <laughs> so, you're talking about getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm a Montessori nursery teacher. Um, and I've been working uh, at Montessori Nursery for um, about six years. And I've just recently now um, taken on deputy head at uh, Mainstream Nursery. And what we're doing there is introducing Montessori principles and materials um, to the mainstream as well, so that we can provide that kind of education for everyone, not just people who can afford it. So, um, and it's going really well. Children have loved it teachers are really taking it on and um yeah we're, we're enjoying the experience together fantastic fantastic and last but not least uh deborah curtis hi deborah uh welcome hi. to late night live 
And very happy to be here. And is it Ramadan Mubarak? Well um, done. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm Deborah Curtis, and I've um, run two charities um, in for the last twenty years, bringing uh, creative learning adventures to to children, young people of all ages. Um, mostly outside of school actually um but we have done some big school projects too um so we've kind of been we've worked all over the country we've actually worked in edinburgh so we've actually been in scotland um and in in most counties in the uk and we've actually been in the netherlands as well so we've worked we've had a lot of experience with lots of different partners always the thing that's motivated me because i've i've we've i founded the the charities with my husband and we've um, we've put lots of money into the to the work uh, as well as um, raising money from other from other places and we've what's motivated me is is um, seeing that that discovery in young people when they um, when they uh, find out something for themselves about the way that they see the world or they way that, that they experience the world something about their the, the that excitement and that passion for life which I think is is so um, is so inspiring to to us adults when we sort of realise how somehow in that transition from childhood to adulthood um, we have to kind of keep remembering how amazing it is to be alive. Um, yeah, so that's kind of motivated me. And um, about two and a bit years ago, I don't know whether I that was an introduction. <laughs> I want to say any more about what I'm up to. Carry on. <laughs> Maybe you can ask some questions, but I'm, I'm I'm up to something new now. So like I'm I'm kind of on a on a big mission, and this is outside of what I'm doing. I on a big mission to transform education um, in the UK and throughout the world. Um, well, be part of that process anyway, because uh, I think Claire, maybe um, I'd love to know your thoughts around this. But I think there's something that needs transforming in humans, let alone education. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, I agree. <laughs> um and it's and it's a very sort of uh, complicated and, and amira i i i um i know we share um having spoken before like uh, um very briefly ar around this subject i know we yeah. share the passion for for what education and learning and childhood can bring to to communities and to, to nations actually um yeah. so i know amira is on a bit of a mission and in in um her uh, country of Libya to sort of bring yes. some of that early years uh, experience to to children and families so they can start their journey in life um, with some foundation of that of that of that uh, of, of what kind of the curiosity for learning can can bring to humans um, definitely yeah it's very exciting so, to be having this conversation with with you all tonight that's great well look I, I mean uh, I, I'll you know when I think of the classroom I still think in terms of kids sitting at a desk, you know, 30 people, a school teacher at a blackboard and, and giving a lesson. So I think the idea was like, when we talk about creativity in the classroom and bringing imagination, that's very different from, I think, what I remember um, as having at school. I don't know what your experience is. Do you think that's changed? And, and what do you mean by bringing creativity and imagination to to the classroom. What, what what is that to you? Was that was that us? Were you asking me? Anyone? <laughs> anybody? Um, I mean, I'd love to. I, I 
the the um I think there is a difference in the the early years and the and the primary and the and the secondary school um education system. Um, there's a lot to say around the way that schools are designed and and the way that 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 schools work internationally as well as nationally. And I think there is a kind of a um probably there's a bit more of a crisis in in what it means to be human as much as what it means to uh, create an education system. Um, so I think there's a lot. Like, there's a lot of kind of implications in the subject for for a wider understanding of where we are as a as a species. Um, but I, I know that with Amira's uh, um, kind of knowledge of of preschool learning and uh, you know which is th th this country has an amazing history in in um, in nursery school education, uh, which which is exemplary actually because it's really about learning schemas and around how how young you know very young humans can, <laughs> can um, discover and learn and be be guided in their play and how their their play can kind of stimulate their their learning pathways to be able to kind of be curious and try out and be confident in areas that they aren't necessarily um you know uh, in their own kind of progression um you know i don't know what the word is <laughs> um where not quite where they're whether they, they can be kind of guided with with whilst discovering for themselves and then I think in primary education um Claire will know this much more than I will but like but I think there is a lot more space within the, the the national curriculum to do creative learning and create and and what I would consider to be cross-curricular as well as student-led learning which are the two kind of things which I consider to be or in our kind of um pedagogy considered to be sort of vital to those um, creativity skills of of uh, innovative thinking, creativity, imagination, um, curiosity, teamwork, collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, so Claire, you probably could sort of say your perspective on on what it's like in primary and maybe Amira, you want to talk about your kind mm -hmm. of experience of Yeah. I, I mean I can I can talk about like my own personal opinion. And, and then the tensions between that and your sort of national priorities and, and, and societal pressure. I mean, I think that um, for me, um, I mean, obviously I understand where creativity sits, um, you know, with and, and what the creativity skills are. Um, but there's also a very, um, you know, if COVID's taught us anything, it's there's so much of what we do we, we shouldn't do, and there's and there's lots of things that we need to do because we're now dealing with a situation where we're having to learn online and 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 families are having to work together and children are having to be curious and they're having to be self-led. So there's so much talk um, that can depress me <laughs> in, in the papers and stuff like that about going back to and recovery of and the kids are behind and talk like that is like the least creative approach uh, uh, that, that you can possibly have because if this is every child's lived experience in the UK, how can they be behind anything if it's the lived experience right now? Do you mm. see what I mean? So mm. if you're behind, just shift what you're behind bring it back pull it back and then nobody's behind anything do you know what I mean and, and so I just think at the moment I mean I agree with what you're saying in terms of about imagination and creativity but I think the voice and it's a political voice um is very much a conservative traditional pull just now and and and, and 
first and foremost, we need to fight against that. Our children in St Albert's specifically have come back and, and they're not behind. They, they, they were incredible. Actually, our recent assessments have shown us that most of our children have, have thrived at home. Now, and I understand that there's a lot of, of pressures in, in terms of poverty and a lot of social issues um, that, that doesn't make the home environment great but our children have thrived. So first and foremost, if we're going to be more creative, we have to stop the political footballing um, that, that's going on just now about COVID. Um, I'd also say that, of course, we need to be creative and of course we need to be imaginative and creative is something that everyone can be. It's not or everyone is. It's not um, a, an artistic um, skill, if you like, or set of skills. It's not... You know, if you can draw, you're creative. It's very much about how your brain works and how your imagination works and how you view the world and having permission to view the world in your way and having permission to um, to explore. And schools, our school, I hope, does that uh, often um, with the children so they have permission to take things, actually to articulate talks, a big thing for us, so they have permission to articulate things that might not be the right answer. I'm doing air quotes here, that might not be the right answer. Um, you know, the, 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 the explore answers and explore opinions and play is also really important to us and all of our children playing. But we also have to convince our very traditional parents and have had to, 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 to convince parents, you know, just trust me, if your kids play more, if your kids do all this, we have a lot of partnerships, we, we work outside a lot, we do a lot of sustainability work. If your children do that, they will be better learners all round. And that's proven to be the case. So, I mean, I could, I could go on and on and on about it, but, but I mean, I think that um, there are a lot of tensions just now and I worry that the ideal where a class environment is set up in a very neurodiverse way um, to suit all learners, the pull is to keep it traditional and keep, you know, kids sitting down and 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 assessments and producing writing and producing maths that's only going to suit a very narrow um, tranche of the children. So does that uh, does that uh, ring with you? Yeah. Can I can I just bring Amira in there? Because but it, you'll have to be quick because we're going to go to an ad break in about okay. less than a minute. So I don't <laughs> know if you want to bring something in there, Amira. Yes, thank you, Claire and Deborah. Yeah, um, and Nadine, yes. Uh, well, Montessori is all about what you're talking about, Claire. It's about following the child, and the child mm -hmm. is a unique um, learner with the potential to, um, to create their own learning and their own way and in their own time. And so it's all about, you know, children have an innate capacity to be curious and creative and driven to learn and explore. And it's providing them with that environment and the freedom to be able to do that and the time as well. So it's not about the targets they're going to reach. It's about mm. the process that they, they follow or, or experience to reach that target. And each child has the in, you know, individual capacity and they learn at different levels at different times and they all have different interests. And it's the adult's role is to, to prepare that environment based on those interests and to follow each individual child and support each individual child on their own individual journey. But at the okay. same time, have them be as a, as a group in society. Thank you so much. I think uh, we're about due for a... End on. 
for an ad <laughs> break there. On that note, Radio Ramadan three six five, the heart of Scottish Muslim radio. Assalamualaikum. Welcome back to Late Night Live. Uh, I'm your host Nadeem Barti and Abdulaziz, and we are talking about creativity in the classroom. So I think just before we left for our break, um, Sister Amira Alagal, who is a Montessori teacher, was talking. So Amira, if it's okay, if do you want to just uh, take off where you left off there? Yeah, so I, I was, we were talking about the children having that freedom to explore and to, you know, to really engage in their own learning, to, to be um, agents of their own learning, um, active all the time. And having that time and, and the freedom of choice, they choose, they follow their interests. Um, and they're not pressured by meeting certain targets or, or you know, reaching certain objectives because when we believe that they have that potential and we follow them we are able to provide them with what they need to fulfill on journey uh, and and their um what what they are going to reach so um i mean creativity well, is a natural thing in them uh and if we allow it to to um to come out then then that's the best service we can give them. Well, that was very different upbringing from the way I was brought up with my tiger mom. <laughs> but never mind. It's like, you're going to be a doctor. And that's it. <laughs> but, you know, but, uh, I'll let, three. Uh, <laughs> but listen, I'll let Abdulaziz, Abdulaziz, what do you think about this? Yeah, it's so fascinating, actually. If they had creative learning uh, when I was at school, I think I'd, be, I'd have a PhD on creative learning by now. <laughs> but um, I, I just wanted to ask um, Claire, what, what was it you recognised in the education system primarily that made you want to go on this venture to install a bit of creative learning in, in children? And, and for the, the viewers, uh, for the listeners rather, could you explain what is creative learning specifically? Could you give us a practical example? Okay, <laughs> okay. So, I, so I've I've always been like this. That, that so there's no kind of you know I woke up one morning and decided that children had to be creative. Before I, I didn't become a teacher till I was about twenty nine, um, and um, I became a teacher at that time, which was a long time ago. Um, at that time, I felt that schools weren't really involved in their local community, and I thought I was I was a community worker and and to be honest I was quite arrogant and just thought I could do that better and I also felt there were lots of children that were disenfranchised um and and the underdog and and children who maybe had barriers to learning whether that's language or or an additional learning need who were just not not being listened to and also Mm. I just think I mean Nadim knows me I you know I've got one of those minds that's all over the place um, in, in terms of my own thinking and, and I don't I don't think down the line um, you know so I wanted schools to, to, to want children like me in them you know because yeah. my curiosity and my individuality was kind of stamped upon 
um, mm. when I was at school. So I suppose um, that I've always been like this, which is painful when you are part of a system that is traditional. You know, it, it does cause cause you anxiety if you're, sort of, you know, marching to the beat of your own drum. Um, and I suppose, so creativity has changed. Just to answer the second part of your question, creativity and education has, has become a new thing. Um, it, it used to be the idea of the arts world and it would be music and drama and, and drawing and, 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 you know, not for people that were going to be doctors, Nadim, you know, um, very much for, for, for people that were going to specialise in arts. And it's, it's completely different from that now. So um, how it's approached in Scotland is it's linked to um, developing workforce and workplace skills. So it's really in the context of work and looking at, um, you know, problem solving and open-mindedness and, and curiosity and leadership and, mm. you know, and, and confidence and resilience. It's, it's all of those kinds of skills. So that's really what, what creativity that what, what you'll find on Education Scotland's website um, is that kind of idea of, of um, creativity being placed in terms of imagination yeah. and, and, and work. Um, that's not entirely how I see it. I, I want our children to be confident enough to be them. And, and that's, that's a creative approach, I think. Mm. That um, if they, they, are, they, they and their parents and families are confident to nurture their skills they, they, and, and their curiosity and, and what they like and what floats their boat you know to me that's what creativity means but obviously we have an assessed system so ultimately if our children are going to sit exams at 16 and 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 the day of that exam is judgment day then 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 we need to really think about all the stuff that comes before um, and that, that 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 can be quite disheartening for me is the idea that everything points mm. to one day. So we don't do that in St Albert's. We, we we take a lifelong approach and 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 know yeah. that what we are furnishing our kids with is stuff that they can use as they grow. Yeah, does that answer all of that? That's yeah. a big long answer. That's a long answer. Yeah, I was going to ask. Obviously, creative learning starts from uh, infancy at, at nursery and whatnot. Yeah. 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 Um, and then obviously they learn those primarily, they learn those creative skill, skills there, social skills. Um, and then obviously then you go into primary school and then secondary school. And, and I was going to ask Deborah, does creative learning still play a part in, in secondary school? Um, well, have, have you got children? I mean, I think, I think, I think the, the whole subject is really fascinating because it's, because it's, it's how do we learn? What what is learning, and and what are, what are what are we learning for? And I think all of those questions are very interrelated. And and there's there's no right or wrong way of learning. There's 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 a kind of a um, I think sometimes we have to, to to literally train things. I think you know there's there's training and delivery of knowledge is ha, has a part to play in 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 our in our kind of way of learning. You know, if, if you don't, if you don't actually learn the times tables, you don't do your number bonds. Claire will know this very well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't get a good, a good, and also Amira Montessori teaching learning is really good with maths because it's very much about understanding the actual um, physicality of numbers, right? Yeah, um, it's all and concrete. I, they see everything. Exactly. And they experience everything. Yeah. So they they and, understand it. Yeah. 
And I think it's so those things are sort of hugely important to 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 getting some foundation to our, to our ability to take on knowledge and information. But really, the our, our, our the the motivation to take on knowledge and learning is is massively increased by inquisitiveness and curiosity and and the the excitement to discover, which is which like if you watch if you watch young children that's their natural way of being they want to find out everything there is to know about everything and they're into everything and they're kind of and and what what we tend to do as adults outside of school and as adults in school and I've got three grown-up children so I know this like is is to sort of is to sort of slightly suppress that that curiosity and that inquisitiveness um and to get them to kind of Go down certain tram lines of of of, um, of comprehension and 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 um, sort of taking on knowledge in a certain kind of way to be able to kind of as Claire rightly points out to kind of to get some measurable results at the at the age of sixteen. And mm. if you look at the bigger wider picture of the world, <laughs> and you know, pandemic is the you know the global pandemic um, uh, as a lot of the scientists have been pointing out for decades now is an absolute result of of the kind of way we're we're living as as a species um, throughout the world um, you know there's lots of arguments about how these things kind of come about but that it's definitely the the stress on our ecosystems and the kind of the way that that we're transforming our our, our, our climate and the way that we're living is 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 kind of not you know is not necessarily bringing kind of humans to 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 their way of health and well-being and and happiness and then there's a lot to say around um the kind of the the social injustice and the inequality which is you know it, you know is 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 at the heart of 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 like a sort of all of that sort of sense of mental health issues and and um and dissatisfaction and actually a, a feeling of powerlessness as citizens and all of the I think the 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 secondary school system is such an example of of, of a dysfunctional idea of of how uh, <laughs> humans operate in the world because you've got a standardized testing system which is which is absolutely kind of the the, the goal of what your secondary school experience is, is about and for every a student you have to have an e student otherwise the system doesn't work so you're building in failure for for a lot of those of those um young people before they even kind of start out on their life per journey yeah and that to me is sort of uh nonsensical mm. um yeah. what we want is a kind of healthy community full of people who 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 are really happy in themselves whatever kind of uh, role or or path they take in life um, so, you know, the, 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 I think that the sort of the joy in the space for, for exploration and discovery and, and, you know, you talked about outside learning in, in, um, in nature, Claire, I think, you know, all mm -hmm. of that stuff is, is possible in the <clears throat> system and definitely in, in, in a lot of the preschool spaces, but by the time you get to secondary, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, kind of so there's such tiny moments where I mean and I'm not criticizing teachers out here they are doing an amazing fantastic job against all the odds and I know that there is so many teachers who, who we've spoken to who are, who are so frustrated because what they went into teaching for is to do all of that inspiring and and you know the sort of bringing young people into their their full potential as as adults and I think that that's that that's they're they're inhibited by by the system and definitely by the, the rhetoric that comes out of policymakers. 
Mm. That was a speech, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely but it was. was. A, it was a good speech. It was a good one. Yeah, can I, can I just ask, obviously it, it must really concern you, um, anyone in teaching, especially in secondary school, I mean, you always get your, your A students and the teachers know which ones are uh, university bound for further education, possibly great careers. And then you have the other ones. What is it? What, what chance do the ones that don't have the education and the, the academic brain and they don't come from the academic family or they don't get inspired by the, the family behind them? What, what hope or what guidance can you give those children knowing that they're going into the, the world with, uh -huh. with absolutely no, no education? What, what chance have they got? And if not, what should happen to, the, to those children? What, what guidance <laughs> should be put in place for those children? that don't have the, the, the A plus. Claire's marks. desperately trying to speak that. Uh, no, 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 what, what I was going to say was, tell them they're the ones that'll make the most money. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that um, the idea that university is a destination, again, is quite naive and I understand it. It comes from, um, it comes from the generation who didn't get to university. And, and as Deborah said, it's about what's university for? If it's for learning and for self-development and for curiosity and stuff, then that's a really good thing. But if it's for a career, there are so many other ways of excelling and, and, and going forward. And I think parents should stop being disappointed if their children are 16 and not academic high flyers because there's so many other ways to succeed. And I think at the moment, because we value the kind of big degrees at university more than we value business now, for example, or, or entrepreneurial skills or sustainability skills um, or social justice skills. But we value this academia more than that's the aim. Whereas, I mean, we've in, in our school, for example, we, we've got huge business uh, tradition um, in the heritage of our children and, and in, in the lives of our children just now. And we're really trying to exploit that and look at um, social enterprise, for example. And we won a, a sustainability award, a Scottish Education Award, based on the work our children were doing on the cyclical economy. And that's amazing work, you know, and that's not university, that's primary seven and these children will succeed whether they get to university or not if they're allowed to continue that level of curiosity they had about a uh, social enterprise. Yeah. See what I mean? So I just think people get despondent. Like I would say to parents, don't get despondent if your son or daughter are 17 and they're not getting all their hires. Just look for, for just give them the space to instead of feeling they feel as if they've let you down give them the space to explore the skills that they have and how they can turn those skills into a successful life. Yeah. yeah? But, but, but I, I think, I, I, sorry, but I think they'll see when you come to the end of secondary school. Uh -huh. I, went to, I went to Shaw's Academy and uh, when I left school, I, I learned how to read and write and that was it. I knew I wasn't going to go into further education. But um, I feel as of still today, Children leave school and then don't have a clue what to do after they've left school. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. no preparation for life at all, zero, nothing. So why, why isn't there something in place whereby the children that can't succeed in uh, further education at least guide them to some form of skill so that they can at least earn? Because the, the biggest thing 
that concerns youngsters is getting into employment and, yeah. and, and not to be isolated and have no hope. So why isn't there anything in place in the education system for people like that? Can I, mean, I just share my... Sorry. Go for yeah. it. Uh, my, I, can I share my own experience? My son, we came to um, back to London during the revolution in Libya. So that was 2011. And my son was GCSE at that stage at that um, time. And because of everything we went through and, you know, emotionally and new school at that age, he didn't do well in his GCSEs. He just barely managed to get his English and maths. And then um, he went on to do sports, uh, uh, BTEC, and he didn't do well in that either. And what happened was he left um, secondary school without an education. And um, but that, that didn't stop him. He, he did work experience at Specsavers. And from handing out leaflets at the door, he is now, um, tomorrow he's got an interview to be a director of a store. And, you know, it, just because you didn't go to university, it does not mean that you can't be successful in, in having a career. Or, and it's just about following your interests and what you're good at. It's finding out what you're good at and pursuing that. And I think for us, for me, uh, as an Arab from our culture, university is that's, that's where you're going. And um, I think it's the mindset of the parents as well to be supportive of their children and to, to look with them what, it, what are their interests and what are their options and not to be disheartened if they don't go to university. That's not the end of the world. Um, so that's my own experience of that. And he's doing really well and he's happy. That, that's yeah. absolutely great, Amira. It's good to hear that. And actually, I'm speaking as somebody who... If, probably is on the other side of the spectrum from Abdulaziz, you know, um, in the sense that I was always kind of pushed uh, at school and, uh, my, you know, my dad was a secondary school teacher and it was basically drummed into me that medicine is, it's either medicine or, I don't know, engineering. And my dad literally knew two words. He knew medicine and engineering and uh, because I was fairly systematic at school and I worked hard and put my head down and I was quite kind of uh, bookish, that's what I did. So what you're all talking about, I think, is great because I think uh, I didn't really get a chance to kind of exercise what you call that sense of my creativity until I was a lot older. In fact, even probably being on the radio and taking part in this program is 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 an example of that for me but it's it's certainly what you're saying is uh, if i hadn't done that i think abdulaziz might uh, back me up in this in the sense that if you didn't have that set of hires and o grades and going to university you probably would have felt um that you'd somehow let the system down or 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 failed in some way i think this idea of the university of life and exploring Maybe, maybe this is not the, I don't mean that, but I think maybe the idea of exploring what you actually want wasn't really, uh, wasn't really the way uh, that people thought you had to approach life. Um, but, but I mean, it's great that you're encur all encouraging that. And I, and I think what, what I think maybe Deborah and Claire are sort of alluding to is that 
that's what industry and um, uh, you know the future economy needs more of. Mm-hmm. Would you I agree mean, with that? I I, just... I I know that we are in the middle of a, a huge transformation as humans. Um, wh- which way it goes is up to us. Mm. There's whole industries collapsing right now, and there's whole industries opening up that we don't even know about yet. And none of that information is coming into the schools and really being understood by the system, which so so young people are not necessarily seeing that that the world is in this state of massive flux and the opportunities for them are going to be great if they can have parents who are who trust them and support them in their journey and and believe in them, you know, believe in their in their ability to 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 be able to work out for themselves how to live a, a healthy balanced life all parents really want for their children is that they that they are you know healthy happy that they are that they're that, that they're secure that they're you know that they're financially secure and that they've got like a um, a family structure around them and i think that that or you know whatever that family and friends structure around them and and i and I, you know we our education system doesn't necessarily kind of bring the, the the fully rounded human out in 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 you know doesn't encourage the idea of what what does a what does a healthy happy look life look like and it isn't necessarily about kind of you know making lots of money um and it's mm. not necessarily about about like being a high achiever either because actually sometimes the high achievers are the ones who are the most unhappy um i i think that there is i mean there's there's horrible statistics we can look at about you know the 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 people who fail their education and the and the kind of proportion of people who end up you know in the criminal justice system and all of that stuff but i think there's also for all those for all those statistics that you can find there's also statistics mm-hmm. of like of of communities that i've that i've met and come across who where 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 people are are you know the most generous and the most kind of supportive within within um much uh, kind of more modest situations, which aren't necessarily the kind of the 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 kind of thing that our that our media and our and our you know um, kind of bigger bigger sort of uh, systems tell us to also aspire to, which is just is actually just in so many ways kind of bringing kind of a, a lot of um, devastation to our to our planet right now. And yeah. so it's kind of a. a, a uh, you know, a really rethinking about what what we value as 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 parents. I I have three children who are, and only two, and only one of them has gone to university, and the other two, one of them has been doing an apprenticeship, and the other one is is you know finding out what he's up to, and he's he, he's the most sort of extreme ex, extraordinary, like really happy human being, and I and I'm, you know, I I have no doubt that he'll work it out, and he's you know he's 27, and he'll he'll get there and it's like actually I I have that faith in him and I think yeah. that's something that we should all have in our children yeah I, I'm I'm just um yeah I'm I'm totally agreeing with you Deborah and just I wanted to I'm um, listening to the language I sat back there and listened to the language and Abdul you you're saying you know you left school with no education what what you did was there was a system that that you were you had a day to demonstrate 13 years of education you clearly did have an education Amira you you kind of used that a wee bit language like that as well and I think that just because someone leaves school without qualification or without a result on the judgment day or the exam day it doesn't mean they've had no education Amira your son's obviously had huge support 
to be so yeah. successful. And and Abdul, look at you, a big radio star, you know? <laughs> look around you. You'll have a gorgeous home. So I think we've got to stop saying using words like fail if the exams don't work out. So so I have the kids that if, if I gave them a formal assessment, you know, they, they would they, they would struggle for, 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 for one reason or another, but they are still amazing children yeah. who who, who are articulate, who are curious, and who've got something to give. So I'm not going to just take like the top 10% and say, you guys are going to make it and everybody else might if they're lucky. You know, it's very much about giving everybody their place and an equal place. Yeah. And that's really hard when we're using the language of failure, you know? Yeah, but, but um, and if, uh, yeah sorry, just, just to, to finish, the, 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 we need to think creatively about these statistics as well. So the kind of... Um, you know, people ending up in the criminal justice system um, who, who have maybe not got great results at school, you know, they've been made to feel, they've been excluded. It's not It's not like, you know, they got bad results because they've got this sort of criminal mastermind. It's the idea that people are excluded when, when they don't fit into that narrow track of getting the results. Um, it's a lack of creative thinking societally that's probably led mm -hmm. a lot of these people to feel like low esteem and, and, and to become criminalised, yeah. you know? See, um, uh, Claire, um, I, I was, when I was at Shawlands, I knew I had a self-belief in myself yeah. uh, that I was going to be successful in life. Yeah, I, I always because I was always a people's person, yeah. uh, and I was already working when I was at school part time. Yeah. But you know what? You know the, the the thing that actually saddened me and concerned me was my friends who were in the, the schemes and whatnot mm -hmm. because oh, it was like they were playing truant, uh, they were smoking. It, it was almost as if they didn't, they weren't shown that there was a life to be had, and that saddened me. Yeah. That absolutely broke my heart. And when I when I was working and I bumped into my friends, I knew they were on the dole. I couldn't get myself to tell them that I'm working and I'm doing well and blah, blah, blah. So the, this is where this this tone is coming from. Because yeah. I still see those, I still see those deadpan faces coming out of schools or walking along the street and, yeah. and skates and whatnot. And, and I feel for those people because they don't even know what they want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And and I think that that's what, where the change has to be. I mean, school can't, you know, a, a traditional classroom can't suit everybody. If you've got yeah. 30 people sitting in a traditional classroom, you know, random people of the same age, it can't possibly suit everybody. So I'd be really interested in even the percentage of people that it suited. And, and school's an ordeal. I didn't like school particularly um, at all, actually. And school's an ordeal. For most people, and and I wish it wasn't, and 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 I know that in Glasgow and in Scotland, there's a real will, a laudable will to change it. You know, people want to change. Glasgow's got a huge program of nurture and a huge investment in children that aren't academically um, achieving, um, and and we really want to. All my colleagues, so I'm certainly not sitting here saying you know the system's wrong and and i think this it's very much a, a, a real movement as deborah says um that it is a time of transformation and i would hope that children leaving school now from shawlands abdul don't feel like you felt but we've got to admit that for some children school doesn't suit no it doesn't 
does not. And I think we shouldn't underestimate how much self-led learning is going on as well with young people. For, for, for all the media kind of comments around um, young people being kind of lost in the, the rabbit hole of social media, I think there is a, a, a huge amount of, of kind of, you know, actual awareness of the, where the world is. And, you know, if you look at the school's you know, the school's uh, climate strikes and the kind of the, the way that, that young people are actually, the, there was an amazing, amazing um, thing that happened last November when the, I don't know if you, you know, because COP26 is coming to Glasgow or in theory coming to Glasgow, although it might be cancelled, we don't know. Um, and it was meant to happen um, last November. And because it was postponed because of the, the pandemic, um, a group of young people who'd been leading this uh, programme called um, uh, uh, teach the future which is a kind of it, they, they they had the biggest um, subcommittee meeting in the house of commons around transforming education these these are all 15 year olds and whatever and they and they started this uh, movement called uh, mock cop 26 which had 140 countries around the world had representatives um, young people most of whom were under 18 um, represented their countries um, to 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 uh, do a kind of an invitation, not an invitation, like a kind of a, their own version of what happens at the COP26, which is where all the countries come together to negotiate on how they're going to um, uh, kind of look at that reducing their carbon um, output. And the the, the uh, reports that came out of that were just absolutely extraordinary. Uh, can, you, can you imagine that? 140 countries of young people coming together, and that is. That is what young people are like. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah. They're incredible. You know, and I think we shouldn't underestimate our young people and actually how, how we shouldn't underestimate also um, the experience of the last year for, on, for, for parents and teachers who've, I mean, I've, I've, I've read endless articles around or seen um, media posts around teachers saying that I'm encouraging my, my, my students to, to go outside and to actually kind of have fun and as well as kind of do their studies and you know as you say Claire you know coming back to school not necessarily like falling behind at all actually like mm -hmm. being keen to come back to school because they can get to be in a social space but actually kind of having you know many of them having had very motivating experiences so I think it's really interesting times right now yep yeah um I I um, I'm listening to you all. It's it's um, it's amazing hearing what you're saying, and I'm sort of very conscious that you know uh, often I feel like a bit of a dinosaur because I look around at kids, and I meet kids who are telling me about how they have their own YouTube channel and they're doing various things. In fact, a friend of mine was telling me about her daughter who runs a kind of makeup tutorial, and you know she you know and I was saying, well, what's she doing that for? And um, she said, look, get with the program, then, because don't you realize that, you know, they, they get paid for this and mm. they get make, you know, and, and I thought, right, OK, so there are young kids who are using their creativity and imagination and, and actually getting paid to do things on YouTube. What, what my concern is, though, is not everybody can be a kind of YouTube sensation and maybe that's what they're all, many of them think that they can do. So is there not still a place for that kind of traditional uh, kind of guidance? And, and if, what, what about the parents who'd say, look, you know, we can't just, you know, let our kids, you know, be thrown into the swimming pool and just hope to swim. They need yeah. proper guidance. What, what do you say to them? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think um, this is something we, we talk about a lot in our school. Um, so maybe in the context of maths, for example, you know, being very sort of exploring maths and, you know, articulating maths and living maths or sitting down and learning your times tables uh, because you have to. And I think there's a place for both. I mean, that, that you know, we live within a particular system and there is definitely a place for children who want to work you know, systematically, as you said, Nadine, children that want an instruction manual. I've never read an instruction manual in my life. So so have to work it out for myself or just get it wrong because I don't have the patience to do that. But there are lots of children that do have the patience to do that, 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 that want to learn A to B to C to D. And we've got to include those children too. And we've got to include those parents. So for me, it's about wider inclusion and understanding how neurodiverse we are as a society but within all of that creativity is about all of that so it's it's understanding so as a doctor you have to be hugely creative mm -hmm. in what you do because you're problem solving all the time you're second guessing all the time you're problem solving all the time and you're basing it on your lived experience and things that you've seen that's massively creative you know and having the confidence to do that job whereas you learned that in a very systematic way. So it's about making sure people understand the use of the word creative embraces all, traditional doesn't mean not creative. Do you, do you know what I mean? You know, creativity can be applied uh, in, in a traditional way um, because it's about it's about you and how you view the world and have the freedom to, 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 to do it. So it's not all about, you know, throw kids in, to a room full of Lego and see what they come mm -hmm. up with. It's not all about that either, you know. Um, it's definitely a blend. Yeah, for me, uh, it is. Of, for me, some, it of is. Our, some of the, the the most amazing thinkers throughout history in all parts of the world have been people who are self self led learning, like so, uh, so uh, autodidacts or whatever they're called. Yeah, um, and you know who have necessarily, uh, you know, I think uh, um, something like Einstein failed his education system completely. Yeah. Um, like what I was going to say was that 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 actually what is what all new industries are calling out for and what what society is calling out for, um, you know, is is teams, collaboration, cooperation, and those those experiences are really difficult to kind of create within a um, a traditional school environment, uh, you know, because and you, Claire, you you touched on a lot around and maybe Amira as well, you you were. Talking about this as well, like the kind of the the neurodiversity of our of our, our ways of being, um, you know the the, ex, the ex extraordinary discoveries that we're making around, you know what what dyslexia can bring to the human mind. You know, it's a different kind of wiring, a different kind of way of mm -hmm. seeing the world, and the traditional education system doesn't doesn't get that kind of way of thinking. And if in every in every kind of um, workplace environment you've got you've got teams of people that's why Amira your your son is going to do fantastically well as a as a kind of director of the of the shop because obviously he's got people skills like Abdullah disease and um and you know Claire you talked about not being able to follow a manual and yet you're a teacher of a school you know so so there's kind of like how do how do um groups of people come together to create teams that can can that organize themselves within the workplace and what 
the problem we ha we have within our uh, our corporations is that is that people don't take leadership within the the system. A lot of people just kind of need to be told by people who you know the people that they consider to be above them in the in the hierarchy about about how to do the job and the job is changing and transforming all the time and our our, our school system doesn't doesn't create the conditions that allow that cooperative teamwork where everyone's taking their own leadership and they're really kind of understanding how to work together and collaborate it kind of creates this competitive environment where where you you you're you're all sort of being measured up against each other and that isn't the kind of world that we want to be creating right now. We want to be creating one that where where we can kind of problem solve these really big issues of our time together. We are, you know, we we're we're losing the the centre of all our towns, uh, of all our high streets, to kind of to bigger online, you know, um, disruptive organisations. And we're you know, there's kind of huge trends transformative turmoil going on and we actually need to be kind of like creating the the, the citizenship uh skills um that can <clears throat> what's coming and be and be resilient and and be able to kind of like create transformation within our communities and that is not in the structure of what the way that education our education system operates uh, Deborah you, you've quite mentioned a few times there's change in the air in, in organisations and companies in education, well, what is the change you see? What, what is it you're foreseeing in, in terms of an industry and, and, and the demand for the future? I mean, I think, it, you know, I, I maybe I'm on the news feeds more than most people. I don't know, but like, like there is, there's, there's huge transformation happening um, in, 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 I don't know, from in every area. I mean, you, you know, you just take politics, you know, the, the, the way that the, the kind of, in many many countries around the world the kind of politics that's happening right now is like is 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 hasn't been seen for um you know for for several generations and we and then we the way the way that um traditional um companies and industries have operated is 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 changing sort of overnight i mean you know i there's 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 whole uh systems which are are not going to be coming out of this trans, this pandemic it, it, the same as they went in, and and I don't think it's just the pandemic that's doing that. I think there's kind of the, the, there's disruptive technologies. There's kind of the the way that that, and you know we we haven't even started talking about AI yet. <laughs> um, yeah. There's kind of a huge mm -hmm. amount of stuff which is which is going to be changing the way we're living, or is changing the way we're sorry. I don't know why I'm putting it in the future. Is changing the way we're living. And you know, people are feeling it, which is why um, you get kind of uh, um, you know characters like Donald Trump coming into power in America, or or you know, you get situations where people are you know are are, are being played around their their fear mechanisms because they can see that there is change in the air, and there's 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 and people are not being given the kind of the the the, the tools through the education system to be able to kind of like actually like co cooperate together and say no actually we're not going to put up with some of the things that that are, that are happening to our communities and um, we want to change it um and anyway i i'm on a bit of a mission on <laughs> on lots of levels and one of the one of them is to create a kind of a two week plug into the national curriculum for secondary schools which has a a very different kind of syllabus and curriculum which en en enables a kind of a, a sort of small model of what it, what it might be like to have a kind of new kind of way of 
doing schooling. And I think there's something really exciting about getting a collaborative um, set of kind of partners around that, which can really trial this as a kind of a way of, of, of bringing a catalyst within schools to, the idea is to kind of create an, a, um, an exhibition over two weeks, which then community can come into. And could, could you tell us a bit more about that, Deborah? Exactly what you mean? It's like a you, you're so, actually trying to. You've even got a name for it. Is that right? It's yeah, called, so it's called the Great Imagining, and it's and it's a it's a it's a kind of two week experience, which is it has a completely different kinds of syllabus, which is around how we clothe our, where we are now, how we got here, and where we're going if we keep going in this direction. Or, you know, and the green shoots of amazing recovery and, and sort of hope and possibilities um, and from everything from how we clothe ourselves to how we feed ourselves to how we do our, 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 our transport, what we do it, um, in our leisure, how, how ecosystems work, um, what, what's, what's energy and how do we kind of create the, the, the sort of uh, energy of the future, um, every single possible <laughs> The, uh, kind of aspect of, of our world that, that that kind of creates the 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 uh, you know a life for humans in in you know and, and in different countries as well as well as in 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 our country and and then that if that's the kind of the the kind of the landscape we kind of create for the for the for the students to explore the curriculum pathways are 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 designed to to enable them to do a very focused kind of aspect of this of, of an exhibition which can, can express I think the best way of knowing that you know that you understand something is if you can actually teach it so you know, I, I, Claire maybe you do some of that knowledge transfer thing and, yeah. and, and Amira if you kind of you know you get some a, a young person like a three or four year old to show you how to do something you you definitely know that they know how to do it so if you can cre create a, an exhibition made by students in the school um, that that can that can create a vision of of what the future might look like if if they were able to design and imagine it. So can can I pin you down on this, Deborah? Because what you're doing is is something quite specific. You want to take you want the government to give you two weeks out of the school curriculum mm -hmm. to explore a different way of learning. Is that right? Yeah. And that's so, your so, idea of the great. You know, is that right? Yeah, so it's kind of it's it, rather than rather than trying to sort of say like let's change the school system, which everyone's goes like oh no that's too difficult. It's like a big juggernaut that you've got to try, turn direction of to create a kind of a um, I I think two weeks is about as much as we can be sort of uh, greedy enough to ask for, but um, that that can actually be long enough to really do some very transformative learning. And then there's a whole CPD program that we're designing for for. Um, uh, for teachers to kind of to bring them to the place where they can actually deliver this this uh, extraordinary two week experience, um, and the idea is to launch it in two thousand twenty four in five percent of secondary schools in the UK uh, and, and four hundred schools. Okay, <laughs> and like and like what? So is it a two week uh, sort of input into the curriculum that is what brought in by artists or is it creative? people or is it Scientists, other teachers academics experts uh, as well as creative and, and design so we get all the all the country's best creators best thinkers be best uh, um, you know scientists organizations to to co-design a, um, a a two-week experience that can go into secondary school so it's kind of a, a, a system a program that can happen in any in any school 
Um, it's a very complex and <laughs> no small undertaking, but I'm kind of, I think it's really exciting because I, it's kind of, I've got a lot of pe young people working on it and they are all completely enrolled in this idea because they've, you know, very recently come out of their own education system. And for them, they see exactly how they would imagine schools to be. And that, and that's completely, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, like they're completely excited by the idea of it. Um, and so it's kind of a way of looking at how we can do a show not tell um, that is that is that has um, yeah. amazing people involved in it. So mm -hmm. have uh, Deborah, have you had a chance to actually test the water with it and to see if it actually works? Um, well, I've done 20 years of kind of of doing kind of, um, you know, create creative learning experiences. So I, I, I have some experience of of what um, what young people are capable of. If you if you um, if you give them the context and, and enough of the of the kind of um, playful uh, environment to be able to, to to do stuff within. And and I'm and I just, you know, you, you sort of kind of go like something's got to happen, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so, it's, I mean, it's that. Sorry, I was just going to say, it's just, um, you know, as someone that's been in education for a long time, it's amazing. And I, I did work in a secondary school for, for about six years. It's just amazing what young people can do, you know, yeah. um, yeah. if they're given the freedoms to do it. And I mean, we, um, some of the work we've done is not too dissimilar, Deborah, in terms of taking a week out or two weeks out to do a particular thing. Um, and that's quite child-led. I mean, and, and it's it's never how you imagine as an adult. You know, it never turns out the way you as an adult who's been conditioned to think a particular way thinks is. You know, the, the children are always surprising and they're always creative with it. Um, yeah. So it does sound exciting. Yeah. So the, so so the it's we've got quite a long lead time, <laughs> and, and this year we're we're doing prototyping, um, and then next year we're going to do building, and then the year after we're doing showcasing and piloting and then the year after we're doing launching which so it's kind of a it's it's quite a lead time but it's it, because we want it to be a most amazing extraordinary fantastic um thing and actually the the yeah i i, I just think think you, i mean god it's in the middle of the night now i'm now my brain is just completely just i know i'm so off. tired i know <laughs> 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 all night um yeah young people being most extraordinary and and inspiring and i i think there's um the, you know we're gonna in our showcase schools we're gonna set the bar as high as we possibly can by getting the best people to go actually go and work with the teachers and and the students to create the the school transformations but i know that that whatever pathways we set up there will be this, I'm, I'm very excited about the idea of, you know, if you've got a big problem like climate and ecological emergency, you just put a lot of young brains on it, like millions of young brains. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll solve the problems. Yeah. And I feel like it will be really inspiring, like, you know, for, for um, partnerships with other countries and like the idea of like, I mean, I think this has happened in school schools for, for a very long time, the idea of p twinning schools, in different places, um, and I love the idea that that, 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 that this communication can happen um, internationally as well as as well as regionally. Um, you know, it's 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 there's some very extraordinary things about modern technology. We're all just zooming around everywhere now, right? Aren't we? And and so to be able to kind of learn from from people like you know kids in or students in 
in a school in the in the rainforest in Brazil, talking to schools in in Glasgow would just be such an amazing kind of experience, right? Definitely, yeah. Each will bring their own experiences from their own countries, their own cultures, and their own, yeah. you know, schooling and, and yeah, collaborate. And connect way. their humanity, which is the exactly. most important thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And well, I think St Albert's has already had. Sorry, I was going to say Abdulaziz. St Albert's has already had a, a, a few experiences like that already, I believe. Yeah, yeah, especially international. Yeah, I mean, because we just take that creative approach, you know, we're just trying our best to uh, bring difference in, into the, 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 the children's lives. But we do have international partners and, um, and had a giggle a few years ago when one of our partners was a school in Pakistan and their technology was amazing. And we were trying to, um, you know, get in touch with this school that was heard maybe didn't have the resources that we had, and they had this fantastic technology to connect, and we had to use somebody's phone because we couldn't, we didn't have it as a school. Do you know what I mean? So it was like mortifying, you know. It was a kind of launch of a Scottish government thing, but um, yeah, I mean, we 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 also um want to look at arts as well. I mean, you know, we've talked about creativity outside of the arts, but for a lot of our children, they don't see arts is a destination and one of the things we haven't talked about is poverty and um, you know in terms of people that are living in poverty maybe don't have the luxury of being creative or or the luxury of having space to think if you've if you've got to think about how you're going to put food on the table and you've got to think about coming to school hungry then then you know being creative and being imaginative is, is a luxury that, that that you don't have so I think we need to always put a caveat of um, poverty um, need to be dealt with outside of education as well as inside education and I feel very strongly about that so arts for example in a lot of creative industries are exclusive um, to people that have money as opposed to people that don't um, because people that don't have to go into much more secure incomes or go and benefits or whatever they have to do to survive food banks just now which is awful which is why Deborah wants to bring about change yeah I think there's there's also massive I mean a big part of the, uh, the, the program will be um, the the kind of the the law aspects of it and the citizens assembly aspects of it and the politics aspects of it so like you know how how do we how do we organize ourselves how do we run ourselves how do we make decisions and actually it would be really great to have just that 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 real experience of how of how amazing it can be if 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 the students themselves can make decisions just for two weeks within yeah. their school yeah. about how everything works and how everything yeah. runs sure. and that and that power yeah. that that gives that gives young people I completely hear what you're saying about about poverty Claire and it's like actually the you know when you know and and Abdulaziz, like you, you know, when you were talking about some of your your school friends, you know, it, it's it's heartbreaking. And I grew up in a council estate in 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 South Acton. I know that very well. And I I just used to live in 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 the Lord of the Rings, basically. And that's all I used to too terrified of my environment. Um, you know, and you know, I, I think there's 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 it's crushingly um, uh, disempowering to to be in a situation where. You don't see any possibility of of getting traction into society mm. and into, into you know any kind of respect from from peers or from from uh, the structures that that exist around you, and to 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 empower young people to be able to kind of you know actually really look at all of the the um, inequalities with real information, real kind of you know 
beautiful infographic kind of illustrated syllabuses, which which kind of bring kind of some of that history of of uh, the dif- disenfranchisement of of, in- of of how our structural inequalities have operated and how and 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 look at and how they can then sort of say what what they what they would want to see in the world in the future, um, given the fact that that you know <laughs> the way that adults are, are messing up right now, <laughs> we need some good ideas, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think I think also you're probably alluding to the ethics of the thinking of the pupils at school as well. That that needs to change, and yeah. uh, because obviously you, you, you kept mentioning that the political side of things. Obviously, when when children leave school, they have certain mindsets. So are you are you thinking we also we have to also uh, give uh, alternative learning to the children in terms of how they think ethically when yeah, they go into yeah, the world? Yeah, our um, school motto is we want to create, or our school aim is that we want to create conscience-led communities. So yeah. we want our children to think with their conscience, and part of that is being a faith school as well. You know. Uh, whether you have faith or no faith. I mean, we really want to bring humanity into what the children do. So whatever they do, they do with a good heart, with good intentions and and think about their conscience. And and to to do that, they have to learn what goes wrong as well as what goes right. So ethics is a huge part and values is a huge part of what we do. And I actually think it's something that, that most of our parents would say we do very well and our children would say we do it very well and our children would be able to articulate right and yeah. wrong and, and, and sustainable values and really think about the impact their actions are having on others. Um, yeah. and, and, and we mean that not just in the playground if you call somebody a name, we mean your actions in terms of your use of plastics or the type of diet you have or, or how, you, how you walk the world. So we talk about um, not learning things in the abstract, you have to live it. You know, you have you have to be it. You have to walk it. And actually, that that was what we won an award for creativity. And I think that was the line that got us the award because we are a Catholic school where where, where everyone is Muslim. And 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 uh, you know, we, we we took a very creative approach in terms of you walk it, you live it. You know, we're not we're not telling anybody how to think. And I think at that time when we got that that award that was quite an interesting thing so yeah ethics is a huge part of education now mm. absolutely definitely and, and it has to be um you know if we want to create a better world whatever that looks like people have to do things with yeah. with good intention yeah can i add are we at uh, Montessori is a big advocate of public education and that's like exposing children to an education that enables them to realize their place in the universe and mm-hmm. you know their duty their cosmic duty in their lifetime and and a wider understanding of the world that they're they're living in and their responsibility towards themselves the world and and other people living with them and you know the creation and 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 now is you know there's never been a more um yeah. time where we need that and and there's like a growing need to, to believe in the child and their ability to to transform humanity yeah. and to protect this this world that we live in. Exactly. Um, Sorry, because actually, obviously, we're not got much time left on the radio station, but obviously the planet as well, because the person that's going to fix this planet is not going to be one of us in our age group. It's going to be the future generation that's going to have to fix it. So obviously, if we install those ethics now, hopefully they'll 
they'll nurture that and maybe come up with a solution. I think yeah. it's up to all of us to support the young people in, in being able to transform the world. And, you know, they need, they need the experience and the wisdom of, of, of older people to, and, their, and their connections and their ability to kind of, you know, have a voice. <laughs> be able to kind of empower them to have a voice and that's what's so important about this moment where you know Claire I love the sound of your school and and Amira I know that I'm going to love the 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 talking to you further about about your your plans for for uh, for what you're doing in Libya and 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 also the kind of the the school that you're that you just entered into because I think that these these settings are you know very special places where you know the real humanity of human humans are basically I think are very cooperative very loving very very uh kind of community-minded creatures <laughs> we we're, quite, yeah. we're not very aggressive and we're sort of quite we're quite um we're quite gentle in many ways and it's and and I think that the, the the uh the system and the structure is 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 stripping us of our of of our basic humanity and I think that's what we you know I that's what my ambition is to 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 bring back to to kind of educational structures well I admire I admire you how you think and what you're doing and I I genuinely hope that um you find success and we see this model <laughs> and schools. I knock maybe, on the door of number 10 and say come on Boris it's yeah I'll come win. with you and uh, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe Claire maybe Claire can be your first customer it'll make yes. you really popular Boris <laughs> uh, Nadim I think you need to wrap up and maybe get the last comments possibly well um what can I say I think uh, really um it's clear that um if we're going to progress and take the next kind of transformative steps in terms of the education of our kind of generations. We've got to now find a way of um, teaching our younger children in a way that's uh, not just creative, but transformative and uh, helps them realize their place in the world, which I think is going beyond our traditional boundaries yeah. that we've known for the last maybe 100 years or whatever. Uh, and I think that goes beyond um, nationalities and maybe even some of our narrow ideas of, of religion and and what we've seen in the past. So, And I think this um, discussion today has been really just kind of indicative of that. I think it's been uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, it's made me feel quite old, and but uh, <laughs> speak for and yourself and a bit outdated. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much to our panelists, Deborah Curtis, Amira Al Agal, and uh, of course the one and only Claire Harker uh, oh, from St Alberts, and also and also Abdul Aziz, uh, my co-host, and myself, Dr Nadim Barty, and um, we'll see you hopefully on. Another episode of Late Night Live quite soon. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks, ladies. All the best in the future. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope, Deborah, you'll come back. Happy Ramadan to everybody. And thank you very much. And I hope, Deborah, you come back on the show and tell us how the great imagining is going as well, Aggressive. as well yeah. as the school in Libya. We've got Libya, a very Amira. exciting Marit Greenwich Maritime Museum project happening. <laughs> tell you more about that. Thank Fantastic. you so much. Bye. Not at all. Our Bye. pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you.